Hi there, welcome to this episode. Today we're going to talk about the three things you need to know before deciding how much money to leave behind for your loved ones. When we talk about legacy planning, one of the most common questions we get from parents with wealth is, how much is considered enough for me to give or to leave to my children and grandchildren? How much do we consider it to be enough? What are the factors that say, okay, this $1 million is enough for each child? We have worked with families in which enough was $10 million per child. Others with whom we worked have concluded that the number was, in the, was closer to $30 million per child. How do we then define what is enough? The truth is that, although it is a quantitative question, Thinking about this question can help you get some clarity. To help to solve this question on what is considered enough to leave behind, it is helpful to establish three main considerations. First, we need to know how much money do you want in order to live for yourself and your wife. Second, how much to give when you're alive. And lastly, how much to leave behind. Knowing this framework of thinking, the first question in answering how much to leave behind is, therefore, not how much is enough for my children. Rather, it is, first of all, how much is enough for me. When you answer this question of how much do I require to leave for yourself, this means that you are thinking about your own needs and your own dreams, the qualitative stuff. If, for example, you have certain expectations, such as you, know, you want to have a few boats and planes and support a, la- a lavish lifestyle, then the amount that you need to live on will be very large. Such needs and dreams may mean you have to give less or leave behind lesser. This question of how much money you want to leave on leads quickly to the question of how much you want to give. When we talk about giving during a lifetime, during this lifetime, the basic gift many parents offer to their children is education. Since the beginning of the 20th century, millions of parents have saved or gone into debt to pay for college. Parents work hard to build up sums of money so that their children can have choices to go to whichever school that they want and could possibly go. This is the most common form of lifetime wealth transfer. And parents do it because, fundamentally, they believe a quality education will help their children lead a better life than they had. In contrast, before the Industrial Revolution, Parents would commonly transfer their professional and expertise of their craft or their business to their children and leave them the tools or their shops when they die. In such giving, a child who takes on the trade or an education is a qualitative rather than a quantitative gift. This also explains why many parents are willing to bring their children to multiple enrichment courses, going from ballet classes to swimming classes to calligraphy classes to badminton classes parents would pay almost anything for their child's growth. In the past, the form of wealth transfer promoted social stability. That is, children who take over their parents' businesses and transfer it from generation after generation. However, the new trend today encourages social progress. That is, each generation gets better education, gets more exposed to different things, and then seeks to do materially better than the one before. While this is good, it also creates a problem for your parents who have created significant wealth. This is because such a system also encourages social fluidity. A small number of the people in the top 20% or the bottom 20% of wealth remains there 
from one generation to the next. This can be seen from the famous Forbes 400 list where it also shows that only 24 members of the original list published in 1982 still hold a place in 2012 and only three of those, namely Warren Buffett, Charles and Debbie Koch, remain in the top 20. If you are a parent with wealth, you will try to give your children the best education you can. But beyond that, you are faced with a choice. A. Do you give your children more during their lives in order to help them try and hold on to, the, to your standard of living? Or B. Do you consciously give your children less so as not to encourage a lifestyle and that one is dependent on you, but rather one that is of frugality and living within their means? These questions point to an even more fundamental qualitative choice, which is, what kind of standards of living do you want your children to take on? Do you want to take on your standard of living as their own? Once we have the two questions ironed out, we then move on to the third consideration, which is, how much is enough for me to leave behind for my children and grandchildren? Many parents like the idea of giving everything they can during their lifetime so that they can see their descendants enjoy their gifts. Of course, doing so may leave, your dependent, leave you dependent on your children. The brief consideration of these three questions, how much is enough for me to live, to give, and to leave behind, shows how wise givers can break down the quantitative question of how much is enough for my kids into questions that are not only manageable, but also qualitative in nature. It also shows how important it is to recognize that the first question to address focus not on others or your children, but actually on you. In thinking how much is enough to leave behind, it is crucial to think in two ways. First, understand that you, what you think is best for your children and grandchildren is different from what you think is right for you. How much do you want to live on? Do you want your standard of living to be their standard of living? Do you want what you receive from your parents to be the measure of what your children receive from you? While these questions don't take 30 minutes to solve, in having clarity to these questions, it can be very enlightening and freeing for you. It will give you a sense of clarity of your own life and your own needs. They may release you from weighty expectations that you have imposed on yourself. That is, why parents whom are wise givers, they would take a step to think about these questions. In taking your time to first clear your own paths and expectations of your own living needs and wants, before considering how much to give, and finally, how much to leave behind. I've come to the end, and I hope that this is helpful for you in thinking how much is enough to leave behind for your loved ones. I hope you take some time to think about what is required for you, what you want to have for your own self, for your own needs, for your own wants, before thinking about how much to give when you're alive and how much to leave behind when you've passed on. Thank you and I'll see you in the next episode.